0: Corey asks, with Tricky gone, who can do the best impression of him during the show? Uh, I don't really know if I could do a, a good impression of, of Tricky, uh, but... Uh, uh, I know I can't. Uh, uh, gotta go smoke uh, for the 15th time this episode. Uh, fuck chicken nuggets. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't I can't do Tricky's voice, I just can't do it. I haven't been smoking for the better part of my life, so I can't... I don't have Tricky's voice down unlocked, lock, but... Uh, yeah, if I was doing a really good impersonation, just imagine that I would be cursing chicken nuggets, asking, or not even asking permission, just immediately leaving the show to go smoke a, a cigarette or an e-cigarette, whatever he's doing these days, I don't even know. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. and welcome to Trumpy Horses episode 496, and I'll tell you something, Yield. Tricky did take a fine week to take off four or five episodes away from 500. You know, I, I th- there's something going on. I smell a conspiracy. We're, we're laying down the bricks, the road to 500, and Tricky's just going to take a week off. And he's probably going to take a week off next week, too, because guess what? Sunday's is actually his birthday. Oh, see, I told you. Something fishy's going on. He actually told me that he might record next week. But, um, yeah. He, uh, if he wants to take off his birthday, that's totally fine. Totally understandable. Because on your birthday, your special day of the year, everyone should be able to enjoy it however they want to. Uh, but Yield, how are you doing this week, sir? Oh, not too hateful. Except I got this this game
1: that said it wanted to have a glitchy trophy list.
0: Oh, I mean, I'll talk a little, I I haven't played a game uh, with a glitchy trophy list lately, but that does, that was a concern for me recently. I mean, I guess we can kind of talk about it now, that, well, what's the game?
1: So, I've been playing Baja, Edge of, Edge of Destruction HD. It's a, it's a remake of, uh, I don't even know when it was. I'm thinking probably a PS3 game. And it's fun, I enjoyed it, off-road racing. Having a blast, or not actually having a blast, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, 20 hours to finish the campaign, so the racing campaign, so I've got some time invested in it. Um, 30% of the trophies, 35% of the trophies, everything popped the way it should. All of a sudden I'm racing and I'm working on my lap, there are eight classes, so I'm working on my last class, and all of a sudden a trophy pops for all the panels, you got a trophy for if you knocked all the panels off your car and then finished the race. Well, I had done that like two or three races ago. Trophy didn't pop. So I'm like, oh, there must have been a panel on the right front that I couldn't see. No big deal. If I finish the campaign and it has, I haven't done it naturally, I'll just purposefully go do it. Two, three races later, I'm running down straight away. All of a sudden, trophy pops for knocking all the panels off my car. I was like, wait a second, I still got panels on this car. That
0: should have been a red flag. Yeah, but you, I mean you've invested all this time yeah. into the game, so I mean it's not like you're going to stop now.
1: Yeah. So, um I'm playing through my last class. I've got a couple more events to go through before I am completely done with the campaign. Trophy pops for Winning every hill climb. I'm like. But I still have one more hill climb to go. Finish the campaign. 100% it. Trophy hasn't popped yet. I hit. 2,000 miles. That trophy didn't pop. I bought my 15th and my 25th car. That trophy didn't pop. I ran my 250 Baja. That one didn't pop. So this was like like on Friday. Saturday. I started messing around a little bit more because there's some more odd and end stuff I need to do. I get up. I go help my wife with something. I come back. I play a little bit longer. I turn it off. And I notice I had a notification. Oh, what'd I miss? Trophy popped. For, what was it? The, oh, this one popped for... Winning all the open rally competitions. I'm like Okay. So I watched uh the Buckeyes game, turned it back on, I'm all fart around some more, my two thousand mile trophy popped. I mean I mean this is how glitchy this thing is. So then I'm like, you know what? I'll buy a twenty-sixth car just for S and G's. I buy my twenty-sixth car. My 15 and my 25 tr- car trophy both popped. Simul- not, basically one after the other.
0: <laughs> this, this is a, a really... But it's not like you've been prevented from getting a trophy. <laughs> like, you, you're not blocked out of a trophy from getting the platinum.
1: Not not that I know of, but I just don't know when they're going to pop. And then the, I, the, the, the annoying thing is, is like when you run the Baja 250, you got to run a Baja 250, 500, and 1,000. You have to do it in one sitting. So the Baja 250 takes about 45 minutes to an hour to do. The 500 takes about an hour, an hour roughly to do. And then the Baja 1000, you're looking at around three hours to do. And there's no safe point. You got to do it all in one go. So I'm just like, man, really hope these trophies start popping. I still haven't got my campaign 100%. Even though my menu says I'm at 100%. So I'm just gonna keep farting with it. Still keep working on stuff. I, uh, you have to run, you get a trophy for winning every track. Winning, uh, yeah, winning at every track at every location. And there's like up to five or six tracks at each location. So you have to, according to an online guide, you have to set it to five laps and run the race. So I was working on one of those today, and wife came home. She was out doing her crafty thing. So I stopped, left the system on because stuff's been popping weird. So I left the game on, got up, went, we had supper. I come back, my trophy popped for winning all the races at that track I was working on. I'm
0: just like, meh.
1: <laughs> I'm half-tempted to just leave the game on all night to see what trophies just randomly pop.
0: Yeah, that was one thing that Psychonauts 2 was really good about, The trophies popped immediately after you did the action. So that was always a comforting thing, something I could trust in the game to do, but do you ever play through a game, and I know Homer is going to give me shit for what he calls dumping on trophies, or whatever he would say. Eat my shorts, Homer. But like with with games having trophies do you ever play through a game and just live in fear that you're going to get blocked out of one trophy like you're going to play for 30 or 40 hours and you're going to get to a point where it's like shit this trophy's glitched and I can't get it I got to play through again i mean that did happen for you with Just Cause 3 but yeah. do you ever like is it kind of become something like with every game where you either have to go have to go look at a, a guide online so you have to wait for someone to write one to make sure that there's you know not a glitched trophy to look out for or you just kind of have a cloud hanging over your head? Newer games, no. Older games, sometimes I'll hop
1: online just to be sure that there's not a note on a guide that says... Because PlayStationTrophies.org, at least, they were good at this. I don't know if they still are. But I know for a good while, they were they were going back. Like if Like for Ghostbusters. You know, when they closed the servers, they would go back and there would be a note at the top of the guide. Platinum unavailable due to closed server. You know, can't get multiplayer trophies. So, some games like that, I would, you know, an older game like that that has online trophies, once I see that they have online trophies, I go and look and see, well, is it still doable? You know, like I did with, you know, when I jumped back into Brutal Legend. I'm like, well, is it still doable? Is is, is the online, is the server shut down? No, Everybody, everywhere I looked, nobody said the servers were down, so I jumped back into it. So that I do. New games, I just trust the fact that someone somewhere did their job, and it's not going to block me out.
0: I ask that because I've been playing, uh, as I mentioned last week, Fist, Forge, and Shadow Torch. And in the game, there are these. you get a trophy for unlocking all these chests. You need uh, to find skeleton keys to correspond to a chest in some parts of the level. I mean, you can use a skeleton key on any chest, it's just there are a certain number of chests and a certain number of keys to go along with that. Well, there's a certain NPC that will sell you and give you skeleton keys, and I found him in a different location. I encountered him for the first time at a different location than was written in guides. So, I was looking for a certain skeleton key where it's like the guys were telling me, hey, go to this place to get your first skeleton key. And it was in like, you'll go to this certain area, and you'll you'll see a vent, and you'll hear this person crying out for help. And, you know, you'll smash the vent, you'll drop down, and you'll crack open a barrel, and the character pops out and gives you a, a key. Well, I did that. I went to the level, and lo and behold, you can hear, like, the, the voices, the sound is still there, the audio, when you get to this, this grate. It's like, help me, help me. I hit the grate, I go down, there's only three barrels. The character would have been the fourth. So I smash all the barrels, the character's not there, and I'm flipping out for a second in my mind, because I'm like, holy shit. I'm not gonna be able to get this platinum because there this character who is supposed to be at this place is not and I even heard the voice before I dropped down the grades so I was like, oh shit. What I found out is I guess because I had encountered him in the prison level instead of um, uh, I can't even the power plant level. Okay. that that he freeing him from the prison then put him into the game and then he goes on. There was no really issue because after you get that first free key from him, he then you meet him later on in the game at different points and he sells you all the keys you need. So as long as you get that first free key from either the prison or the power plant, uh, then he'll sell you the rest of the keys you need to open the chest. But for a minute there, I guess since he, I freed him from the prison, then he was taken out of the power plant and just put into the regular world where I could just meet him as a vendor. But for a second there, I was like, oh my god. Oh my God, I'm 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 not gonna be able to complete this. So when I actually got the trophy for opening all the um, the treasure chests, I was like, thank God, because uh, I, I put you know upwards of thirty hours into Fist, and I, I definitely don't want to have to start again. So, um, all right, well, yeah, let's let's uh, read off our trophy counts here before we get further to what we've been playing because we've we've definitely been hitting on that quite a bit. But I thought that was like a little topic we could expound upon right there because I. I definitely do have the concern when it comes to trophies, because, you know, for the most part, trophies pop pretty consistently and pretty reliably, but there are a few games where all it takes is one bad experience, and you, you know, like I said, You're paranoid. Put, like, days and days yeah. and hours and hours, weeks, maybe months into a game, and then all of a sudden you get locked out of a platinum, it's like, fuck, this is awful. Like, like, like I said, up until about 30,
1: 30, 35%, everything was popping the way that it should, and then all of a sudden, a couple of trophies pop. Oddly, and then now they're just, they're popping, like, extraordinarily late. And I'm just like, well, at least they're still popping, so there's still hope. I just got to be patient.
0: And hopefully if somebody, if our listeners are patient, then eventually one of us will overtake Tricky Mick here in in the trophy list. Tricky is level 617 with a total trophy count of 14,435 with a platinum count of 269. I am level 448, total trophy count of 7,533 with a platinum count of 116 in 115 games. Yield, sir.
1: I am a level 456 with a trophy count of 7740 and a platinum count of 135. I got a new one this past
0: week. Yeah, I was hoping that with the PlayStation Five and me playing all these games now and getting quite a few Platinums here recently, that I would be able to at least close the gap with you. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Oh, it could happen. Don't 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 uh, sell yourself short. Yeah, but you got to mop up the PS3, and then you're going to open the five and have all those games to play. So I mean, it's not like you're going to have. I mean, you're going to have a steady stream of stuff to play here from here on out.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, Sid is level 518 with a total trip count of 10,495 and a Platinum count of 180. Yield, you mentioned that you have welcomed a new Platinum into your family. Yes. What's the name of the game? Uh, Grim Fandango Remastered. I don't know about you, but those games like Secret of Monkey Island and Grim Fandango, like, very charming, very delightful games, enjoy playing them both, but... The, the kind of puzzle solving that's in those games, I don't know, I just have trouble wrapping my brain around it. Like they, make I, you, they make you feel dumb, don't they? They do. I honestly, when it comes to Grim Fandago and Secret of Monkey Island, I had to use guides to help me through a decent portion of both those games because I just couldn't get the the puzzle solving. like I It was an aspect that I struggled with.
1: So what I said, and I posted this in the Facebook group, at least I, I think I did, I, I, I enjoy these games because they're a great storytelling. But then I'll, I'll, I'll be cruising along. I'm getting it. Like Grim Fandango. I was cruising along. I'm getting it. I know what I need to do. And then all of a sudden, I hit that wall. I know what I need to do. I can see that I physically have to go there. I know I need a key or something to get to there. But I know... I So I know I need to get from A to B. But I don't know what 1A, 2A, and 3A is to get to B. <laughs> so... I, I, I'm not going to lie, there was a couple times I pulled out the guide. I'm like, okay, I've spent an hour walking in circles, I've clicked on everything I think I can click on, I can't figure it out. So, but I uh, finished the game last week, and then I went back through it this week to get any trophies that I missed, and play on uh, tank controllers. Tank control mode, because that was one of the trophies you needed for the platinum. So I'm like, well, because I when I first started playing it, I'm like, I'm just going to play it. I get what trophies I get. And when I don't, I got to get this tank controller trophy. I'll just make a second playthrough and do that. So that's what I did. So fun game, really enjoyed it. And then, so that was my new platinum. As you, as we heard at the beginning, I've been working on Baja uh, Edge of Destruction HD, uh, some Rocket League on Thursday with the guys and, uh, hopped into hell divers, did a couple of maps just to keep, just to keep me or did a couple of planets just to keep me current. So that way, if we win a galactic campaign, I can get that platinum and, uh, jumped into some brutal legend and was able to knock out all of my multiplier trophies, which was really awesome. Found out, with the person that I was boosting with that to get your 50 wins, you don't even, all you have to do is start the game. And as soon as the game starts, surrender and the other person gets a win. So you just do that. You can knock out like, you know, 30 wins, you know, going back and forth like in an hour. So it really only took like a couple hours to knock out the 50 wins. So that was awesome. That's, uh, unless something else pops in my head, that's all the games that I've been playing this week.
0: All right, and I am ever so close to the end of Fist, Forge, and Shadow Torch, a much bigger game than I expected. You know, we talk about value, for, like money for time propositions with video games. I mean, this game was 30 bucks, and I'm easily going to get at least an hour for every dollar, so for a game that I consider- would thought would be, you know, a smaller downloadable title, it's pretty hefty. So, I mean, it's it's like as big as a lot of $60 games or $70 games at this point. So. Well, that's good. So you enjoyed it? I did. I did. So um, just to kind of wrap up, because I, I feel like I will be done by the game, done with the game by the next time we talk. I, again, I still recommend it to anyone who likes action heavy, you know, Metroidvania style games. And actually, Homer replied to me uh, in that regard, because last week, I, you know, I didn't want to get into the conversation, but I was like, oh, hey, you know. Um, why is it called Metro- Metroidvania when Metroid
1: did it first K- kind of along that lines was the question which you didn't understand why it was called Metroidvania uh,
0: I mean I guess I understood but at the same time like I thought that I, I feel like Metroid deserved more credit but uh, Homer posted in our Facebook group on Friday he says Metroidvania was a term coined after the release of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, while, uh, games like Metroid and Super Metroid had created and polished the subgenre. Many consider Symphony of the Night as the master of example of it, hence the mashup. Mm-hmm. So, I guess when you call it Metroidvania, Metroid is first because it is the starter of it, it's the one that started it, and then I guess you end with the Vania part Castlevania because Castlevania is kind of the one that mastered it as, uh, according to Mr. Huddleson. So, uh, thank you, Homer. For that uh, makes sense, but yeah, you know this game is another great game within that formula. Uh, combat is great. I, I love the way the game looks; just everything looks visually so good, and uh, and just a couple of the other things they really nailed. Combos in the in the combat were great. Boss fights—they had some fantastic boss fights in there. So you know, I love myself some good boss fights. So the game nails boss fights and uh, leaves you with. Quite a few memorable ones. So um, among my pantheon of all those giant uh, encounters, I would definitely will throw uh, among some of the best some of the ones from Fist in there. And then the music. The music is really good as well. Just I don't really a lot of times pay attention to the music of a video game while I'm playing it through the first time, but just catching you know little glimpses of the music here and there. Like it, it just fit really well with the settings and what I was doing. So I also enjoyed the music. Only real knock on the game. I mean, I had a few quibbles last week. Weren't really problems at all, but, and this is kind of something that goes along with just the Metroidvania style, is that having to travel by foot and go to certain places over and over again, especially if you're not going with a guide, if you're just trying to find everything on your own, and I will say that with the map in this game, it's easy to find where you've missed something, because it's pretty easy to decipher what areas of the map you still need to explore, but just having to retread so many areas on foot kind of became tiresome, and I just grew really like weary of it, so Maybe, you know, obviously that's part of the appeal of a Metroidvania-style game-, game, but at the same time, I feel like they did have teleporters in the game where you could teleport from one area to another. I feel like a few more teleporters in other areas would have really helped with that, uh, but I did feel like the on-foot travel got kind of cumbersome, you know, once you're 30 hours into the game. Uh, but again, I to a certain point, that is part of the appeal of that style of game, uh, but overall, uh, a fantastic game, so... I, I, once again, would recommend it to anyone who loves an action game uh, in the Metroidvania style. That is all I've been playing, Because besides, of course, Rocket League Thursdays over on Twitch. Oh, you ha- you didn't pick up Deathloop? You know me, Yield, so... What we had, uh, oh, I can't remember, was it um, Dupes who asked me this? I think it was Dupes who asked me, but... Asked me about playing one game, and then finishing it, and then moving on to the next. No, I did not pick up Deathloop yet. Because I want to finish fist you want, you first. Want to
1: finish fist first. Okay. Well, I, I still didn't know like, it. Like it had you had you picked it up since it, it came out this week. So No,
0: I gotta. It's gonna be there. I just want to cap off that platinum. I want to get that platinum on my tro- on my my uh, my trophy wall before I move on to the next game.
1: Understandable. I I, I look forward to the Alex review of Deathloop. I was talking. My, my buddy had picked it up. The brain picked it up. And, uh, he was telling me about how he was enjoying it so far. But the, the one thing about arcane games that he, he says what, what kind of not really annoying, but it's, it's just how he plays games. Um, I guess the tutorial, like slow drip feeds you, you know, as, as you do something. Okay. Hey, you're, you know, This is how you're going, you know, this is what does this, or yada yada. When you die, oh hey, don't worry. And now we explain the death mechanic. So from the very beginning, I guess the game opens up. So he's off exploring. You know, ah, let's go here. Ah, let's go there. Let's do this, let's do that. He goes like, in an hour or so later, he finally got to the point of where the tutorial ends. Because, you know, it didn't, he goes, games like that, they need to force me through the tutorial and then open up the world. Instead of, here's the world, and as you run across where, you know, where the, where you should be for a tutorial, now we'll feed you into it. Because he goes, I'm out here doing this and doing that, and
0: oh wait, what did you tell me? How am I supposed to do this? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to play Deathloop. Death I know, I saw that, I haven't seen any other reviews really, but I did see GameSpot gave it a 10 out of 10. That's good. I don't know how many 10s they tend to throw out. I think they gave the Dude movie, uh, Dune, a 10 as well. So, uh, but I don't know as far as video games how many 10s they've given out. I know there haven't been that many in history. So, I mean, we'll just see how good the game is. But Matt P. Uh, posted on Trophy that he had gotten the game. And uh, I asked, how's the game? And Matt said, haven't played much, but it's pretty good. So, I mean, that was three days ago. So hopefully Matt's had time to sit down and play it. Course on my spiffy, brand new, not brand new, but newish PlayStation 5, which hey, Sony released the September System Software Update. Now, we're going to be jumping back in time for this. So, the update is currently available if you play your PlayStation 5 regularly or played it, you know, since Friday, you probably have it. Uh, but this article came out on September 14th. It's from the PlayStation blog and is written by Hideki Noshino, the Senior Vice President of Platform Experience. The title is PS5 September System. Software update launches globally tomorrow. Again, I believe the 15th was last Friday, so would have launched Friday. Tomorrow, we're pleased to launch our second major PS5 system software update on to all PS5 owners globally. The update includes a variety of enhancements to the PS5 console experience, as well as 3D audio support for built-in TV speakers. It also features M.2SS the storage expansion, which enables PS5 players to store and play PlayStation 5 games and PS4 games and media apps directly from the expanded high-speed storage, whilst expanding mobile features with support for PS Remote Play over mobile networks starting tomorrow, and ability to view share screen broadcast on PS app, on PlayStation app beginning next Thursday, September twenty third. Uh, so, just gonna I have a heavy, heavy bit of reading here from the PlayStation blog, so. Sit tight with us. Just going to go over this stuff uh, that they've kind of expounded upon. So, uh, the PS5 September system software update features PS5 UX enhancements. The PS5 September update features new UX enhancements that make it easier than ever for players to view, personalize, and manage their game content and console experience. Control center customization. Players can now customize their control center more freely by rearranging or choosing which controls to hide or unhide at the bottom of the screen. Enhanced game base, players can now easily view and write messages to friends and parties directly from the game base in the control center. Uh, while viewing game base in full screen, players can also see how many of their friends are online, busy, or offline, as well as accept, decline, or cancel multiple friend requests at once. Uh, all of this stuff seems like it should have come earlier. This seems like, I just assumed it would have been with the console. I don't know about you, Yield.
1: It, so far, it kind of sounds like it.
0: Uh, game library and home screen updates, if you have a PS4 and PS5 versions of the same game installed, they'll now appear separately in installed tab of the game library and on the home screen. Each game's tile now clearly indicates its platform. Screen reader controls, players can now pause or resume screen reader uh, and have it repeat anything it reads.
1: That's actually, at first, I was at my buddy's house and at first that was kind of cool. Then after a while, that gets really annoying. Have you ever tried that? I have not. What exactly does it do? So it basically, uh, uh, you know, let's say you highlight something and it reads what it is. You know, basically in, in a computer voice. So as you're scrolling through something, it starts talking. So, I mean, it, it can be kind of fun, but it can also be kind of annoying as you're scrolling and something's talking to you.
0: So Fair enough. New gaming and social experience customizations. PlayStation Now resolution selector and connection test tool. PlayStation Now subscribers can choose between 720p and 1080p to accommodate their preferred video resolution for game streaming. A streaming connection test also helps them identify and troubleshoot any problem with their connection. I do want to give a shout out before we move, we go to shout outs. Uh, dupes. Mark got me a gift of a three month subscription to PlayStation Now. So I actually might have to cur, uh, to, Shelve KDs and stuff like Deathloop for now, so I can try out PlayStation Now and some of the games on there. Uh, cause obviously, you know, Mark was nice enough to give me the, the subscription for three months and I definitely want to use it. So thank you for that, Mark. Shout out to you, sir. Uh, new accolade type, uh, new accolade type leader. Following an online match, players can award others with a fourth accolade type leader, which is visible on players' profiles. Automatic capture of personal best videos. When players compete in challenges for a better time or a higher score and set a new personal best, a video clip of the action will automatically be recorded. Players can also share clips of their personal best directly from the challenge card in the control center or from their media gallery. Players have direct control over their fu- this functionality via their captures and broadcast settings. New trophy tracker. We've added a new trophy tracker that lets players quickly access up to five trophies per game through control center. Again, I this is all stuff that I figure would have launched with the console. 3D audio support for built-in TV speakers. The PS5 September update adds support for players to experience 3D audio through their built-in TV speakers. Once enabled in the sound menu, this feature transforms a standard two-channel TV speaker audio into three-dimensional sound, heightening the sense of gameplay immersion. Players can measure the acoustics of their room using the microphone on their DualSense wireless controller to apply the 3D audio setting that's optimized for their room. 3D audio VO compatible headset on a PS5 has been a popular feature among fans and developers, while thirds are bringing this feature to life for players directly through their built-in TV speakers, in addition to headset support that uh, that's been available since launch. In addition, players with a Pulse 3D wireless headset now have access to equalizer settings within sound controls, allowing them to customize the sound profile according to their preference. As someone who uses built-in speakers on his TV, I definitely appreciate that, because the only time I ever use a headset to play is when we're doing Rocket League Thursdays and I need to talk to you guys. So that is appreciated by me. Yes, I'll give it. I'll give it a whirl because I've got surround sound. So yeah, I mean, I it can't. I mean, it can only be a plus. I mean, 3D audio. I'm gonna listen to the game anyway, so it might as well be the best. You know, an immersive sound as the an industry. Uh, you know, a buzzword immersive. Might as well be immersive. If I'm gonna listen to it. So and I agree with you. The
1: only time that I use a headset is when I'm playing a. And a multiplayer game where I need to communicate with people. So it's really just Rocket League Thursdays. Other than that, I just, if I'm playing an online game, unless I'm playing with some buddies, I just play.
0: Yeah. M.2 SSD storage expansion. Starting tomorrow, PlayStation 5 owners around the globe can can expand their storage capacity with an M.2 SSD, a type of high-speed, solid-state drive that can be installed in the PlayStation 5 or the PS5 Digital Edition console. Once installed in the PS5 or the Digital Edition console, the SSD storage can be used to download, copy, and launch PS5 and PS4 games, as well as media apps. You can play PS5 and PS4 games directly from the storage and freely move games between storage options important ssds must meet the minimum meet the minimum performance and size requirements outlined in this page there is a link on the playstation blog using an ssd also requires effective heat dissipation with a cooling structure such as a heat sink that meets the dimensional requirements please read the page linked above carefully before purchasing any ssd or cooling structure for the ps5 Uh, that's the bulk of the update. It does go a little bit more into remote play, Uh, and I will yield, because you've mentioned this specifically in some of our chats, uh, PS4 console enhancements. We're also introducing some new features for the PS4, including the ability for players to view their PS5 trophies on their PS4 profile and trophy list. Players can also view other players' PS5 trophies on PS4, on both PS4 and PS5 consoles. Party owners can now also have the ability to disband a party without having to remove players individually. So, Yield, you can now look at your PlayStation 5 trophies when you PlayStation 5 trophies, you can now see those on your PlayStation 4.
1: Which, again, you'd think that would be something that would have launched with the system. But anyway. I'm still waiting for them to be able to You can put your own screensaver on, or your own background on.
0: Yeah, I still have on my PS4. It's, and I see, I st- I've had the same screensaver or background that I've had for the longest time, but it's a wallpaper... Uh, that I took a screenshot during Shadow of the Colossus during the 7th Colossus fight, or just before you do it, there's an overview or like a an overhead picture of the lake that the Colossus lives in, and I have just had that picture as my background for so many years now. And uh, it'd be nice, yeah, to to be able to have some kind of wallpaper back there that you can customize.
1: I, I bounce around between a few throughout the year. Right now I'm rocking a Firewatch thing. So... As we get towards Christmas, I'll rock a couple of Christmas themes, but yeah, I, I kind of rotate between a few. But I, I just—I've always kind of liked that because just like you know, what mood are you in?
0: Yeah, well, we all know how much you love Firewatch, and let's move from Firewatch to FireSprite, which is the most recent addition to the PlayStation Studios family. Uh, we we talked about the purchase last week on the on the show. And they actually have given us some insight into what they'll be doing for the PlayStation brand in the near future. On their website, Firesprite wrote that they are r- looking for a writer for a narrative adventure. Uh, quote, we're looking for a passionate writer for the development of an ambitious, unannounced AAA title. Come join a talented team on a journey to credit a, res- a resonating narrative-driven adventure game. This huge, highly ambitious partnership, partnership project takes atmosphere, storytelling, player agency, and narrative firmly into groundbreaking territory on next-generation hardware technology. This project has AAA ambitions with a heavy focus on art, ambition, and delivering unique character performance performances to heighten player presence and immersion to new levels. This ideal candidate is a connoisseur of storytelling who understands how to construct a branching narrative. This individual responsible for crafting a powerful storyline, strong character arcs, and compelling dialogue. So they haven't confirmed what kind of game they're working on. Obviously, a AAA game. I would think lands outside of PSVR, but the studio hasn't said whether, like you know, what their focus is going to be. You know, they could work on PSVR, uh, and you know, and then obviously they could work outside of it as well. A couple of things to note from this: they did mention that uh, words like player agency and um, branching. Let's see what's the exact wording here. Uh, Branching narrative. So to me, this seems kind of like I mean, you think of a game like Infamous or any kind of game with moral decisions, this game seems like it's going to have, you know, or like heavy rain that you're going to go and have some kind of moral decisions to make or that you're, you're going to make decisions with your character that are going to lead you down several different avenues.
1: That is a fair assessment. I agree with that.
0: Uh, you know, even though we don't know much about what they're doing, uh, I do, as always, like the focus, and Sony is always very good about focusing on writing and narrative and storytelling and characters. Nice to see that Fire Sprite is, doing, is still doing that. Obviously, a studio that I think we said that or at least I said that they have over 200, probably two, I think 250 members of the studio, so obviously capable of handling a AAA project, but you know, along the lines of we've been talking about monthly and up to the, the showcase last week, we talked about or was it, no it wasn't last week, it was the week before. Yeah. Um, we talk about we don't know what's coming from Sony, but, you know, here they are making these smaller partnerships, and then they, you know, they announced a bunch of big games last week, and then here we have a new new purchase in Fire Sprite, and they're already working on a AAA game. Obviously, nothing in the near term as far as its release date, but something down the road we can expect. So, Sony is definitely investing heavily in their owned IP and their first-party games, just as, you know, Jim Ryan said that they they were going to have more investment than that, in that than ever before. So, it seems like, at least for now, Jim Ryan is keeping his word. Yield, sir, do you have anything to add?
1: No, I do not.
0: Hopefully you weren't looking to add anything to to certain LittleBigPlanet servers because it's been announced by Media Molecule that they are shutting down uh, a lot of the servers for LittleBigPlanet, the, uh, the Vita game, but also LittleBigPlanets 1 through 3. So this article comes from IGN.com. It is written by Taylor Lyles. The title is Multiple Little Big Planet Game Server Shut Down Permanently After Months of Trouble. And I should say before we start uh, yes, I did mention Little Big Planet 3, but the PS4 version of that is safe. It looks like they're only shutting down the servers for the PlayStation 3 version. After months of issues, the team responsible for the upkeep of Little Big Planet announced today that several game servers have been shut down permanently. A tweet posted on the official LittleBigPlanet account: the development team confirmed that servers for the PS3 version of LittleBigPlanet 1 through 3, as well as the PSP version of LittleBigPlanet, have been shut down permanently, citing a decision to ensure the game's online environment remains safe. The statement also notes that the developer has rolled out game update 1.27 for the PS4 version of LittleBigPlanet 3, which will remain playable online. The latest update restores the LittleBigPlanet online server to the PS4 game, meaning over 10 million community levels are playable again. These levels are. Inclusive of all content created for the entire mainline LittleBigPlanet series, as the main as the games are tethered together, such that LittleBigPlanet 3 players can play any user-created levels, including ones from the first two games. So I misspoke earlier that it's not Mutant Molecule handling this. It's, it's whoever is handling LittleBigPlanet maintenance at this point. Uh, despite the update, the news is a major blow for the LittleBigPlanet community, with fans in replies of the announcement tweet expressing sadness that they will not have the chance to play LittleBigPlanet 1 and 2 in the same way again. The server shutdown doesn't render the game totally unplayable, single-player campaigns remain playable, and users can create their own levels, but they can no longer upload or download levels. Some fans have replied, uh, sharing memories that they have of playing the games and creating their own levels. Uh, for most of 2021, the Little Planet series has suffered s- uh, significant server problems. In late April, the Little Planet Twitter accounts shared an update, noting that the servers were being taken down to test out new security updates for the first game. Despite briefly returning in May, the servers would be disabled once more following ongoing attacks that include hackers posting offensive in-game content. There you go. They are going to be shutting down the servers for LittleBigPlanet 1 through 3 on the PS3, and also the Vita version of the LittleBigPlanet, but the servers for for the PlayStation 4 version of LittleBigPlanet 3 will remain open. While that sucks that if you own LittleBigPlanet 1 or LittleBigPlanet 2, this basically renders your game... You know, kind of useless because at this point, I would assume you've already played through the story, so there's really no need to play through that again. It's nice that you can create your own levels, but I mean, it is a blow. It is nice though that any of the content that was pulled together from Little Big Planet one and two can still be played in three via the PS4. So there is some kind of there is something we can a positive we can take away there, whereas that content is still protected and playable in the PS4 version of, play, of Little Big Planet three. And I guess in taking down these servers, Sony had to kind of, Sony, media, media, media Molecule, anyone involved, had to kind of say, okay, you know, we have to kind of protect the PlayStation 4 ecosystem of, of LittleBigPlanet 3, and we're willing to sacrifice these older games, because quite frankly, maybe more people are playing on the, on the PS4, but, I mean, it's, it's a tough decision to make, but quite frankly, even though most of the content, or it was a very community-driven game, a community-content-driven game series, I'm surprised that the 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 PS3 versions of LittleBigPlanet games were still, you know, had their servers on.
1: This was kind of a genre that that, uh, well, I
0: don't know where I was going with this.
1: With Expanded gaming, you know, people able to build their own levels and share it, and it did really well. Now, I'm not talented enough to do that, but I did enjoy jumping into some people's
0: Well, levels. honestly, I think and you are talented mouth. enough to do it, I just think you're not patient enough to do it, because I, I enjoy creating like, characters you know, and I like customizing my car in Rocket League, but I don't want to create an entire level that just takes more time and effort than I'm willing to put in.
1: Maybe that's what it is. I'm just not patient enough. But I I can see where some people would be bummed. You know, if that if that's your thing and you're really good at it, now they're like, well, now you can't do it. It it would it would be it would be a bummer because you know some people that's you know that's their niche, that's their baby, that's what they play. And to heck with everything else. So, I mean, I'm still surprised that, you know, one and two were still going on, you know, especially now since we're on to three. So, but, I mean, I I understand it, it takes money and time for somebody to maintain a server. It doesn't help that hackers...
0: Well, see, that's the thing. The impression I get is that Sony wasn't planning to shut the servers down. Apparently, I guess there was still no t- activity within the first three games on the PS3 and the Vita to keep it going. It's just, it seems like they tried to, you know, these attacks came on and they tried to stop them and they just decided that there wasn't any way they could do it, feasibly do it. I guess money came into play there, but Sony didn't have any plans to shut down Little Planet. They just kind of had their hand force which is which is shitty. I mean, yeah. I guess that it's nice that you can access a lot of that content or all that content through the PlayStation 4 version of, of Little Big Planet 3, but you would hope that anyone who enjoys making content and playing content in Little Big Planet could do that on any version if, you know, Sony is able to keep the servers alive and they just weren't because of outside influencers which made that shitty.
1: Yes, that that is absolutely. I mean, it had to have been somebody just trying to get kicks because they said they were posting offensive content.
0: Yeah, but it's Little Big Planet, man. Like, what kind of kicks are you getting out of Little Big Planet?
1: Well, people are sad. Weird. Sad. I was gonna say sick, but
0: sad, terrible, sick. I mean, that's they're obnoxious. I mean, we could go with any of these, but yeah, it's like if you're getting your jollies off posting offensive content in Little Big Planet, like, what kind of person are you, like? How ridiculous of a human being are you? Like, come on. Do, do something better. Do something positive. Or just don't do something harmful or negative.
1: Yeah, there you go. Dumb shits.
0: We talked about a little bit earlier Fire Sprite and what they're bringing to the table. Another AAA studio, of course, is Insomnia Games. And we got the huge announcement that they are working on a Wolverine game for the PlayStation 5. Now, we, we learned that this is going to be a standalone game. So while uh, it also will exist within the Spider-Man universe, the the Marvel Spider-Man universe that Insomniac has created. So honestly, if they're having, you know, Insomniac handle the video game or like the superheroes, like the Marvel superheroes. If we see anyone else added to this universe and and the fact that they've now created a universe where the Wolverine and the Spider-Man characters exist in the same thing. You can imagine that they're going to bring more characters from Marvel into this and that Insomniac is going to be the one to bring all of those to life.
1: Gambit. Bring me Gambit.
0: Uh, but we don't know much so far, except that we're probably going to have to wait years to play it. Probably at the earliest, late 2023, my, my guess would probably be 2024. It all kind of depends on when God of War comes out.
1: I, I I would concur. It also all depends on when Spider-Man 2 comes out. Because like we, like we talk, I don't know if we talked about on-air or off-air, you don't see them dropping both of these Back to back, Insomniac would get would let each one have their spotlight.
0: We think, yeah, I mean you can't drop you can't have Spider Man two and, and Wolverine drop all together. And again, like I said, uh, we don't know when God of War is coming out, and we'll we'll talk about God of War a little bit later. Where you know uh, Corey Barlark has talked about he doesn't know how long it's going to take the next God to make the finish the next God of War game. But so. Depending upon when God of War comes out, I'm assuming God of War will come out. You know, if it doesn't come out for the holiday of next year, then you got to imagine that it's going to come out in 2023 sometime, and that's another game you don't want to put right next to Spider Man. So, is it? And you also don't want it fighting Wolverine for holiday dollars. So, where God of War comes out, will and when Spider Man comes out, I guess I guess Spider Man could come out in the fall, and uh, God of War could come out in the spring but kind of the win, the interplay of all those games is going to determine when Wolverine comes out, because I definitely think that Wolverine is coming out after God of War and Spider-Man, given that we've seen actual gameplay from God of War and Spider-Man, they actually have attached a year to it. So. But getting back to Wolverine, what we have learned um, is very little, but creative director Brian Horton gave a little bit more insight into the game. A Twitter user named Amar tweeted at Brian Horton and a few others, basically talking about, you know, the quote was, I need answers with a bunch of crying emojis, and Brian Horton tweeted back, full-size, mature tone. Talking about Wolverine, gonna be a mature game with, uh, and a full-size game, which I don't think was ever in question. Yes, I I understand that Miles Morales was a smaller game than Marvel Spider-Man, but that was to set up another full-size game where Miles Morales and Peter Parker would be uh, working together. I don't think, but I don't think there was ever, I mean, it's good to have confirmation, but obviously a Wolverine game it has to be mature because of how, you know, Wolverine Vi- is a very- How violent he can be. Very gritty, very violent. I mean, you look at some of his fights with like Sabretooth, you know, just to name one. But Wolverine is a very violent, angry character. So anything but below mature, I think, would do the character justice. Unless he's part of a team, he's part of like an X Men Legends game that I can understand, like a teen rating or something like that. But his own focus game, no, you got to go mature. And then a full length game, of course, it's Wolverine. They're going to want to sell this for seventy dollars, and they can. So it's going to be a full size game.
1: And 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 as as I don't know if I want to say brash, as straightforward as Logan is, yeah, you would have to think a a mature tone would have to be it. I mean, it, it it could be done without a mature tone, but you would have to dance right up to the line. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, like if you were trying not to go over being mature, because you were trying to, you know, not get the M rating, to do Wolverine justice in that aspect, you would have to dance right up to the line, if not occasionally step over it for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I just think that that would it's just easier and just better to do a hardcore Wolverine game because that just lends itself so much better to the characters. I mean, you think of, like, like fairy tales and how much darker they actually are than what we were told as kids. Like, sometimes it's just better to know the actual darkness behind a character, behind a story. And I, I think that putting Wolverine on the PS5, you know, especially for, you know, you figure that a lot of people who would want to play that game, there are going to be some kids... Some younger adults who and teenagers who probably want to play it they shouldn't and you know they'll get their hands on it because someone will buy it for them they'll just buy it on downloaded on the on the PlayStation Five but you would figure that a lot of the people who would want to play this game that have, would have the biggest appeal would be ones who grew up with Wolverine in comics on animated television shows and movies and they're going to be twenty something thirty somethings forty something so I mean that audience. Would probably expect a more mature product, and that's what they're going to get. So I'm glad that they're yeah. going with that because Spider-Man is a more family-friendly villain or fi- villain. Ugh. <laughs> I'm a villain to Doc Ock, um, but no, I, I think that Spider-Man is a more family-friendly superhero, whereas Wolverine, like Logan, is a much more violent one, and he should be. So I'm glad to hear that they're they're keeping a mature tone to this. And you know, if all the X-Men, if any one of them was going to have their own game or his or her own game, I think that Wolverine is the only one you can pull it off with.
1: Yes. Na- 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 naturally, Wolverine is my favorite X, ex- well, I mean, favorite popular X-Men. Other than that, I'm a Gambit guy.
0: I mean, I don't know. I'd, I mean, I'd say that Gambit's a pretty popular X-Men. I mean, how many times have people been calling for a, how many years were people crying for a, uh, a Gambit standalone movie?
1: Uh, quite a while.
0: So I mean I, I definitely think that in popular terms of popularity, Gambit's probably close, and there's nothing wrong with that. But of course, if they did a poll like Gamespot's been doing, Gamespot's been doing a bunch of polls where it's like who would win in a fight, Master Chief or Kratos, or who would win Spider Man or Wolverine? Uh, Wolverine won in the vote, so I would assume that in something like that, Wolverine would would take it because obviously you can't you can't it's so hard to cool kill Wolverine.
1: Well, it is, and Wolverine is naturally the the one guy that most people gravitate towards anyway.
0: Well, and, you know, if there's anybody who can match Wolverine for his brutality and his fury, it's Kratos, the god of war. Now, last week, I had brought up that I had seen a... I can't remember if it was Polygon or The Verge, but I, I, I had read somewhere where they had hinted or said that the Good Rock was going to wind up the Norse timeline for God of War, which, I mean... Ragnarok, obviously being the catastrophic event that it is in Norse mythology, kind of points to that, but we had expected, I guess, you know, fair to say, Yield, that we expected a trilogy out of this.
1: We did, yes.
0: But, as it turns out, there will actually only be two games in the God of War Norse mythology, and I think one of the questions that this begs is, and Yield, you may, you, you don't know, did you, were you was there ever revealed to you the big twist at the end of God of War? Like, the 2018?
1: Uh, I think, well, no. Well, you guys talked about it. I unplugged my earphones just in case if I ever am to play it, I don't know what happened.
0: Okay, it'll be interesting because obviously Kratos, Kratos carried over from the Greek mythology to the Norse. Whatever they decide to do in the future with Kratos, because I saw some people concerned that this was going to be the end of Kratos, and it's like, no, this is not the end of Kratos. This is just the end of the Norse mythology. Because they're not insane and they want to make more money. But it'll be interesting if Atreus carries over to the next timeline. Because, you know, we obviously, Kratos is the only character, well, I mean, there was a character that appeared in the, uh, one of the gods, the deities from the Greek mythology that was in God of War 2018. So you did, did, one of those did carry over. And, uh, maybe Zeus was in there too, uh, in some small degree. I can't remember. Um. So, character-wise, like, protagonist, Kratos was the one that carried over, because he was the only one that you could take over, and it's kind of hard to do a God of War game without Kratos. But I wonder if Atreus is going to carry over, too, into whatever new mythology they're doing. Because it'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it, to be, like, to introduce his son, and then all of a sudden Kratos goes to, like, Egypt, because I know Egypt's been bandied about here and there. But it'd be kind of weird for Kratos to go to ancient Egypt, and then Atreus isn't there. I leave this land in charge of you. I'm going to Egypt. I mean, I guess they could do that and then have another Norse game with... Uh, Atreus? With Atreus. This article comes via IG.com and Jared Moore. The title is, God of War Director Explains Why There Will Be Only Two Games in the Norse Saga. Sony Santa Monica's studios Corey Barlog director of 2018's God of War has opened up on why there will only be two games in the series North Mythology saga stating that he wanted to avoid delaying the story's conclusion to a decade after it started. Yield can let, let me ask you this and this is I'm breaking in here to uh to what Jared's writing but can you call something a saga if it's only two episodes?
1: I wouldn't. I don't know what you could call it. I wouldn't call it a saga. I mean, most sagas you institute with three or more. Maybe that's just how we've been programmed, or what we're used to, but I wouldn't call two stories a saga.
0: Well, I guess if you're thinking of, obviously there is a larger God of War saga, so if you throw it in there with every other game, then I think, yes, you could call it part of the God of War saga, but a a two-part series, and even like, you know, God of War, uh, the first three God of War games, obviously they had Ascension to buffer that, and you had the two other games for the the handhelds, so you had Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta, so yes, you could probably consider that a saga, but, you know, just the the first three God of War games, you know, you would consider them a trilogy. So, yeah, I kind of read that, and, you know, everyone's using the word saga, but two games isn't a saga. Obviously there is a larger God of War saga, but uh, Norse mythology, I don't know, I I just wouldn't call that a saga. Agreed continue on and on with the article in an interview with captain kuba on youtube barlog spoke about why he decided the story of kratos and Atreus would be told over just two games rather than a trilogy or anything longer i think one of the most important reasons is the first game took five years second game i don't know how long it's going to take but i'm just going to throw out that it's going to take a close to a similar time said barlog Then if you think of a third one in that same time frame, we're talking a span of close to 15 years of a single story, and I feel like that's just too stretched out. I feel like we're asking too much to say the actual completion of the story take that long. It just feels too long. Given where the team was at and where Eric was at with what he wanted to do, I was like, I think, look at, excuse me. Look, I think we can actually do this in the se- second story because most of what we were trying to do from the beginning was to tell something about Kratos and Travis that the core of the story's engine is really the relationship between these two characters. So, we have confirmation from Cory Bar that it's not going to be two games, and if they can wrap this up with a-, a bow and make it all neat and tidy within this these two games within the sequel, fine, great. I don't have any issues with that. And you know, you think about it, it's like, you know, 15 years for Three games is a long, long time. Don't get me wrong. If Sony needs to take, you know, five years to make each God of War game, I appreciate that they put that much effort and detail into it. On another note, Kari Borlaug said that it's his choice to make it in two games. So even though he's not the director of this game, I mean, he has to be like the big cheese at Sony Santa Monica. I'll I'll look into that, but I would think that he has that title of studio head uh, to be able to make that call, especially if somebody else is directing the game. But, I mean, the reason is solid. I, you know, yield... You and I, we are getting older, and you think about, you know, we all want to think we're going to be here forever and not to be all doom and gloom, but when you think about all the adventures Kratos can have, I would like to see Kratos have many adventures, and the thought of, you know, as I get older, my own sense of mortality, it's like, you know what? Maybe Sony shouldn't take 15 years to to devote to one character's, you know, time in one mythology. Um, so the reason is actually pretty solid, I would say. What it also tells me is that, hey, we want to get Kratos to a new mythology and to new adventures as soon as possible. They want to do yeah. more things with Kratos and not just obviously. Obviously the Norse mythology is not the end of Kratos, because if the Norse mythology was in the end of Kratos, then they would be stretching this out as much as possible. So obviously they want to get Kratos to another mythology as soon as possible. That's what that tells me. There are many plans in place for Kratos, and it's not just Thor. Um, how how do you feel about all this? I mean, if done right, I'm I'm not upset with that. I
1: mean, go. I've never played God of War, so I can't really overly comment. I can just under I can comment on the thought behind it, as long as you wrap everything up, like you said, in a bow. You don't leave gaping holes. Before you, off you go to another mythology, I don't have a problem with it. If you can tell the story in 2, tell it in 2. Don't drag it out to 3 for the sake of dragging it out to 3.
0: Well, I I think that the the Grecian trilogy, the God of Wars 1 through 3, was a really good timeline to have all that spaced over. Because obviously in the first game you have the main conflict with Ares, and then the second one, and the third one, you get into the conflict with Zeus and the other Olympian gods with you know, all of the big climaxes and crescendos happening in God of War 3. But I think the timeline for those games was really good, and it made sense to have them over the course of three games. But then you look at Sony trying to stretch things out, and you get God of War Ascension, which, not a bad game, but at the same time, it's like unnecessary. And I would rather Sony focus on more compelling games and making just uh, telling the story that they want to tell in the best possible way without having to stretch everything out So much, and just make a game for the sake of making another God of War game that you can sell to people. Ascension may have been a product of, well, how do we make another game within Kratos' timeline, and you know, without you know retreading what we've already done, making something new people actually want to play. And obviously, this was before they wanted to take it to a Norse mythology, so they went with Ascension, and you know, people played it. You know, a lot of people probably enjoyed it, but obviously, when you think of God of War. And the stories that it tells—it's just kind of one of these offshoots that wasn't even necessary. And I would tell people, if you don't have the time to play God of War Ascension, don't, because it's not integral to anything. I respect the decision to make it to two, and I think that Sony Santa Monica and everyone involved can definitely make the story make sense. The only thing I'm worried about is that—are you going to pay off Thor and Odin in the same game? Because, like I said last week, you. Can't have all these references to Odin and have Odin be the, you know, Thor's dad and the big cheese in uh, Norse mythology and then not pay that off somehow and not have him come into the game some way. I'm going to say that if they don't have you, because we know you're going to fight Thor, if they don't have Thor and Odin in this game, that's going to be a big letdown for me because I don't think you can introduce everything you've introduced without paying off Odin. Makes sense. Because obviously, I mean, they paid off Zeus, so, you know, we're going to get, you know, the first game had, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, they had multiple, you know, important characters surrounding Thor in the first game, so, you know, maybe they can fit Odin and Thor, but that's, to fit Odin and Thor into one game, that's going to be one hell of a task, but, you know, Sony Santa Monica obviously feels that they are up to do it, so... Well, we're just rolling with the big PlayStation hits here. Here, yield all the the big we AAA are. games because we go from God of War to Sucker Punch's Ghost of Tsushima, which has been quite a bit uh, of an irritant for you in uh, in a recent months. Maybe not the game itself, but just Sony's decisions surrounding the game. Yes, this article titled "Ghost of Tsushima's Director's Cut Release" made it one of the best-selling games last month. Article comes from IGN.com and Rebecca Valentine. In July, Ghost of Tsushima was the 110th best-selling game by dollar sales in the U.S., not even worth a mention in the sales roundup. In August, thanks to the Director's Cut release, it shot up to number two. According to the NPD group, it was second only to Madden NFL 22, which took the top spot in its launch month for the 22nd year in a row and became the fourth best-selling game of the entire year so far. For the year, it's currently sitting behind Call of Duty Black, Black Ops Cold War, MLB 21 The Show, and Resident Evil Village. Though if history is any indication, we'll see Call of Duty Vanguard blast past them all later this year. Yield, sir. Are you ready to eat some crow? Sure. As I said to you guys on a podcast that we did recently, that podcast being Trophy Horse, obviously, if Sony can make it and sell it, and people will buy it, why not release it? And so the director's cut obviously helped them make quite a bit of money in the month of August off a game that they already released the previous year.
1: Yeah, I, it's it's amazing what people
0: buy. But but here's the thing, Yield. This is why this stuff keeps being made. If they, if they remade The Last of Us for the PS4 and no one ever bought it, then they wouldn't continue to do stuff like this. But obviously there is an audience of people who wanted Tricky Mick being one of them, Who wanted to play this game on the PS5, whether for 3D audio or haptic feedback or whatever, or maybe just first-time players. But, obviously, the director's cut has been a huge success for Ghost of Or... See, I'm wondering here.
1: Was it rated so high because you had to upgrade your 4 to the 5 to get the DLC?
0: and a lot of people No, you did could that. you could just play the DLC on the 4. You paid the $20 for the to play the DLC on the 4. So you could you got the director's cut for what, $20 which gave you the DLC or the other island, and then you paid yeah. the extra $10 on top of that to get the PS5 director's cut.
1: Okay. I, I I'm just wondering if that's what people did and, and I mean, I could be wrong. Everybody may have bought it again, but I'm just wondering if people just upgraded theirs. And that's what it was. Throwing a little conspiracy into it, because I, because I, I mean, have they released the standalone five version, or was it all just the upgrade so far? Because I thought there was plans of possibly releasing the director's cut only for the five.
0: Well, they they said uh, in dollar sales, so. They were number two in dollar sales for the month. Okay, so in the in, in the initial paragraph by uh, Rebecca Valentine, uh, she said, In July, Ghost of Tsushima was the 110th best-selling game by dollar sales in the U.S., not even worth a mention in the sales roundup. In August, thanks to the Director's Cut release, it shot up to number two. So you're obviously comparing dollar sales in July to dollar sales in August. So you would think that either... <laughs> A shit ton of people upgraded to the director's cut, or that you know we're talking about full price game there. So you know whether to how they're how are they counting the unit sales by the dollar sales? They were number two behind Madden.
1: Yeah, which I mean that would be a lot of upgrades considering it's thirty bucks a pop instead of another sixty or seventy. But I don't know. Like I said, just throwing it out there.
0: One of the other exciting announcements to come to the PlayStation ecosystem, while not an exclusive to the console, but certainly Alan Wake was a name that got people hyped at the PlayStation Showcase a couple weeks ago. We have a little bit more details on the game, and this is a smaller detail, but it's kind of an interesting one nonetheless. Over on ScreenRant.com, Cade Onder wrote, headline, Alan Wake Remastered Will Remove Original Game's Product Placement. In the article, Cade writes, the upcoming Alan Wake remaster will not feature the original game's product placements from companies like Verizon or Energizer due to expired brand deals. This may be rather surprising to some, as the original Alan Wake featured a heavy amount of real-life brands, some of which were actually actually integra- integral to the gameplay. A PR rep for Alan Wake Remaster confirmed ScreenRant that the upcoming game will not bring back any of the brands seen in the old game. All of the brand deals with Verizon, Energizer, Ford, Lincoln, and other brands have expired, and will instead be replaced with generic in-universe branding. But songs and TV shows from the original game will make a return. With an Alan Wake sequel reportedly in production, it's unclear if Remedy will make any effort to bring back or add news product placements. Uh, keep the product placements out. Uh, I guess that that would help... This This is me talking now. I guess that adding product placements help kind of make it feel like a real breathing world. Because obviously we have tons of ads in our world.
1: Well, not only that, but I'm sure that they paid a pretty penny...
0: Stuff like that definitely can take you out of the world too, because I know people definitely cringe and kind of like roll their eyes when they see too heavy when the product placement gets too heavy handed. But it is nice to hear that songs and TV shows from the original game, for the you know for the sake of keeping the game as authentic as possible, that those will be returning. Because uh, we recently had Joe Priestley on the show talking about how he wanted to experience games with the original soundtracks. So the fact that Alan Wake remastered will have the songs, that's definitely plus. So I mean I will be buying the game, but uh, it's everything that I've heard so far about the Alan Wake remastered version is incredibly positive. So I'm excited to play it when it comes out. And uh, I will be I will be keeping an eye on this. Well, hopefully if the rumors are true, it'll be coming out for PlayStation Plus because that would be a very nice thing to be able to play that game for free. Yes. Well, free being your yearly PlayStation Plus uh, membership fees. As popular as games have become, they have certainly expanded to many different places and many different avenues to play them through. And we've talked about Netflix before and them looking to get into video games, looking to diversify their portfolio. Article on GameSpot.com by Jeremy Winslow, Netflix will add games to the service and won't charge for them. Quote, streaming giant Netflix has confirmed in a shareholder letter that it's not only expanding into games, but also won't charge users extra to play them. Netflix says it plans to build on the company's earlier efforts around interactivity. Think things like Black Mirror, Bandersnatch, or the Stranger Things line of games. In doing so, the offering of titles Netflix adds to its service will come at no additional cost to users similar to films and series. However, the company said these games will only be available on mobile devices for now. We're also in the early stages of further expanding into games, building on our earlier efforts around interactivity. We view... Gaming as another new content category for us, similar to our expansion into original films, animation, and unscripted TV. Games will be included in members' Netflix subscription at no additional cost, similar to films and series. Additionally, we'll be primarily focused on games from mobile devices. It's nice that there is going to be no additional fee right now. I mean, granted, Netflix and other services like Hulu are want to raise prices every now and again, so who knows, maybe in a year or two. We'll get a one two dollar raise in the cost of things. I imagine that eventually, because they're bringing in games that, yeah, we'll get a dollar or two dollar increase. Whether it's a year or two years from now, we'll see. Since it's going to be mostly mobile, I don't know how much I'm going to use this, which is part of the reason why it's so nice that they're not upping the charge right away. Is because I'm I'm not really big on playing games on my phone. Yes, I play Pokemon Go, but other than that, I don't really play anything else. So. I'm glad that I'm not going to get hit with another fee simply to let other people play on mobile phones. Yield sir, any any thoughts on this you you do not have Netflix do you?
1: No, I do not. I just have Hulu and Disney Plus. But I mean I do I do applaud them for not charging because I mean they could very easily do that. So it, you know, like you said, it it it's a good way to introduce it. Everybody's going to expect that it, you will get charged down the road at some point. But it, it, it's a good way to introduce people while dipping your toe in it to see how it works. Before you bring it you – because know, right now it's just mobile gaming. Before you bring it to where you could play it off your TV, that's when the price may go up. In my opinion.
0: No, I mean they definitely could charge more for this and people would still pay it. You know, They might be a little oh, grumpy yeah. about it, but they'll still pay it because most people buy Netflix or subscribe to Netflix because – you know, they look at the cost of cable and they're like, well, I'll just dump cable and have Netflix. So I'll still be able to watch, you know, television shows and movies and stuff, but I'm not going to have to pay the absorbent, uh, or the ridiculous cost of cable. I yield. Can I ask you a question? Like, I know, I assume it's because of sports, but have you ever thought about dropping cable for Netflix? Well,
1: I don't have cable at all. All I have is antenna.
0: Oh, okay. Never mind then.
1: So, like, so, I mean, all I get are the basic local channels. Which is fine for football season, except for like Big Ten Network. Then I have or or uh, or uh, Fox Sports. I I had to watch. I had to go to uh, my wife's uncle's house. He invited me over to watch the Buckeyes game this past Saturday because they were on Fox Sports One. I was just going to not watch the game. I was going to sit at home, have my phone. I've got a couple sports apps that are cued my team so that way highlights will pop up as they pop and, and if I can't watch them I watch it that way or if I really really want to watch the game I'll find somebody who is watching it and I'll go to their house
0: Okay, because I know you're, you're a big sports fan and you seem to kind of know you, you know always talk about watching games and being very knowledgeable about it so I assumed that you just had cable and just was able were able to watch all these different sports you know Cincinnati focus but you know particularly NFL
1: yeah, no, it, it j- just the, the good old internet and local TV. And even that, I only watch local TV for sports. Well, once football season's over with, I rarely watch TV anymore. It, we watch DVDs that we got or we stream stuff.
0: Well, all right. Well, let's wrap this Netflix discussion up with I'm just saying that It'll be, I mean, you think about it now and like delivering games eventually through your television set through video game consoles should be easy for them because obviously TVs now and video game consoles have Netflix apps built in or that you can download from their stores for free. So delivering video game content through television shouldn't be a problem down the road. But uh, let's let's hope that the, the fees for Netflix, the subscription fees for Netflix don't go up too much for the sake of them jumping into games, because honestly, if that's the case, I would rather Netflix stay out of it. I mean, I know video games are big money, but if you're just going to start raising the price you know, year after year after year to recoup the cost, then just leave it to Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo and all the rest, and you just focus on movies and uh, TV series and whatnot. Hopefully, hopefully they don't cancel too many game series. Uh, Netflix has that thing where they like to you know, get three series into a television show, and then it's like, well, all right, we're done with this. We're done. Hopefully, yeah, they don't make a game or two, and they're like, "Well, all right, we're done with this." We leave it on a big cliffhanger. Oh, we're done. Yep, yeah, they've got like a God of War style game, or like a game that's like a three art game, and then they get to the second game. And it's like, "Well, we're actually done with this." Yeah, that would be infuriating. Here's this new big game we're making. Everybody love it. Tricky posted on the Trophy Horse Facebook page that you and I were going to be recording tonight. No, Tricky, and we got a lot of love, a lot of questions from the community. So, we got a lot of love. Apparently, Tricky disappears, and the community comes out. When the cat is away, the mice will play. So let's get the answer in these questions. First There's question is from Joseph Priestley. Already got name drop on the show. You're welcome, Joe. What games are you most looking forward to for the rest of the year? Uh, Bridge of Spirits. Looking forward to playing Deathloop. Want to play Returnal. I know it released earlier this year, but I, do- I think that's going to be my big holiday game. I'm going to buy myself. And, um... Oh, God, what else is there? Uh, I feel like we just talked about a game that, oh, Alan Wake remastered. Definitely want to play that. So, yeah, those are kind of, for me, the, the the big games that I kind of want to close out the year with. But also, you know, seeing what's on PlayStation now and what they're offering, I'm excited to dig through there and see what games I can play for trophies. Uh, again, thank you, Mark, for the, the three months of trips. You What are you looking forward to?
1: For me, uh, the only thing off the top of my head is, is Kenya Bridge of Spirits. Yeah. Uh, most of everything that I'm looking forward to is next year.
0: Mr. Priestley also asked, do either of you watch AEW? I don't have cable, so that being on and I think it's moving to TBS at some point, but I don't have the ability to watch AEW. I do watch YouTube clips, and so I do keep up with AEW, and I look at the results from Dynamite and Rampage and stuff, so I do keep up with it, and I do watch certain clips on YouTube. So uh, while I do not... Watch the shows live on television or when they're taped or whatever. I do keep up with the with AEW, yes. And I did see that Joe was at a recent AEW show live. Uh, Yield, are you? do you ever keep up with AEW?
1: I, I, I can't watch it live because I don't have cable as well. Um, I don't follow it as much as Alex. I am in a wrestling group on Facebook. So I do kind of see stuff that's going on. I'll see something trending on Twitter. I'll go over and see what's going on. If it's a really good highlight, I'll watch it or something. So I don't follow it as much as I would like to because they seem to be doing things that I would enjoy. So I kind of wish that it was more readily accessible.
0: YouTube on your phone, that's usually how I watch them. Uh, Sometimes on my computer, my laptop. So yeah, mostly, mostly YouTube is how I keep up with AEW. Mr. Huddleston asked, the the younger of the two Huddlesons, Since Autumn and Halloween, by proxy, is right around the corner, what, if any, scary or Halloween-themed games are your favorites to revisit this time of the year? Honestly, I don't really revisit games. Horror-themed games, or scary games, or spooky games. Don't really do that um, this time of the year. If Dead Space was coming out this year, I definitely would make that my number one priority for the season because I'm just kind of in the mood to play that game I will say that it would be nice this time of the year to jump back into Simpsons Hit and Run play that game again because there was a very spooky Halloween themed level Treehouse of Horror themed level in Simpsons Hit and Run that actually would be probably be fun to play again because that was actually a very underrated Simpsons game. You think in licensed games and especially Simpsons games that they're they're not very good but Hit and Run was a very good game. Uh, GTA style game with the Simpsons and, uh, yeah, their, their Treehouse of Horror themes level of Springfield was a lot of fun. So I actually would probably like to revisit that because it's been such a long time since i played it. But typically don't really, you know, play a lot of spooky games during the season, mostly just television and, and movies. I definitely get into those, uh, movies and television quite a bit. Try to watch new things, but then there are other things like Sleepy Hollow that I like to watch. Maybe a rerun of Nightmare Before Christmas. But yeah, the monster series will come out coming out. We got Frankenberry and Booberry and coming out. It's it's autumn, it's it's fall season, and I can't wait for Halloween. But yields. Uh, Yield, sir, anything anything that you revisit Halloween wise? So I
1: really don't revisit games as well. Um, if I did, or I, I would recommend this if you haven't played them. Costume Quest one and two are are very good to play this time of year. Um, I picked up a game that was released in February called Pumpkin Jack. And I plan on making that kind of my February game that I, or not February, my October game that I will start playing. Um, What's that other one we got free for Plus that was kind of uh, that had that Hayden?
0: Oh, Hayden! Oh, uh, until dawn, Hayden Panettiere.
1: Until dawn, I maybe I'll play until dawn since that's kind of a it seems like a horror-ish game.
0: When Levi listens to this episode when it comes out he's going to be screaming at uh, in whatever public place he's in, or maybe he'll be in a car or something, or maybe he'll be at home. I don't know where Levi listens, but wherever he opts to listen to this episode, he's going to be screaming alien isolation at the top of his lungs right now.
1: Probably. But, anyway. The, the, I'm um, That's what I do for Halloween.
0: Alright, uh, Joe posted a third question, but I think I'm going to save this for next week, Joe. Uh, Joe asked, what are the top three Sony first-party games of all time? It's kind of, I don't know, is that Subjective to each person, like our favorite games, or like, unit-wise, or or dollar amounts sold, or...
1: I would go Siphon Filter. I would go Uncharted.
0: So, are you saying the first Uncharted? Because he says games.
1: Well, okay, so if that's the case, I would go Siphon Filter, I would go Uncharted 2, and... Oh what would be my third? I don't know if I have a third. Maybe Metal Gear Solid?
0: Yeah, but that's not that's not really a, a Sony it's a Sony first party game he asked for, so that's not a first party game. Oh, Sony or Metal Gear not Okay. Here, let me let me give you some time to think. I guess I I said we weren't answering this, but I guess we will. Yield's just Flying off the cuff here, he's like... Well,
1: I, I, I knew I had two. I knew I was going with Sly and Fodor, I know I was going Uncharted
0: 2, and I can't really come up with a third one. I'm trying to think of the most influential games that I can think of. I am not. I obviously don't have units or dollar sales in front of me. I'm trying to think of the most influential games of, of, you know, Sony's past. And obviously, like, Shadow of the Colossus would be a game for me that would be in their top three easily, because I love that game so much, but I don't think that it's as influential... Well, I,
1: I think that's what he's asking.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. The way that I'm going to interpret it and the way I'm going to answer is, you know, the top three Sony first-party games, like, the most important ones. And I'll give you two. I think the first God of War game, while not the best God of War game, I think the first God of War game is incredibly important because, obviously, it set the series off uh, on its current path, its current trajectory. So I think that uh, the first God of War game is one of those pillars of Sony. I think that The Last of Us, because of how the original game, how important that game has been to Sony, you know, bringing more eyes to Sony, you know, we talk about how games are like movies these days and how important mocap is and, you know, actors and actresses, how important they are to di- display, like, portraying a role and just how much love and, and press and awards those, that game series has gotten. I think that The Last of Us is critically important to Sony and they're, shows why that they're so good at storytelling. And I mean, you can't say Crash Bandicoot anymore because I think Crash Bandicoot probably actually would be the most important franchise to Sony ever because that's what allowed Sony to go up against Nintendo in the first place. But obviously, it's not a first party game. Um, no. So I guess honestly, I don't know. I might, I might say the original Ratchet and Clank. And I know, Ooh. and I say that because I forgot about that. My my thinking on this is. Uh, and I guess someone could say that, um, well, I'll explain myself, and then I'm sure someone will have an issue with it. But I say Ratchet & Clank because, one, it's a long-standing series for Sony. It's a successful series for Sony. While it's not as of a best-selling game as some of the other top you know, ones out there, that game series really fostered the relationship between Sony and Insomniac. And I think right now, like I said, Sony and Insomniac are... Insomniac is, is very important to Sony and they've shown what they can bring to the table. And I think the purchase of Insomniac, the purchase of Naughty Dog way back in the day was inc- very important. And I think the purchase of Insomniac was also very important. Um, so, for the sake that Ratchet & Clank as a series, and the first game you know, being the first game in the series, fostered that relationship between Sony and Insomniac, I see Ratchet & Clank as another pillar of, of Sony in general. Um, so I would say the original God of War, the original Ratchet & Clank, uh, God of War for setting up the, they're probably their their flagship series. Ratchet Clank for setting up that relationship between Sony and Insomniac and then The Last of Us. Obviously, someone could be like, well, hey, you know, what about the game, the early games that Naughty Dog did to set up their relationship with Sony? Um, but I would have to go with The Last of Us because it's such. When you think of Sony, like that's one of their huge franchises. So and probably their biggest franchise in recent years outside of God of War. So, uh, Yields, what 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 would you say? Um, what would you add to your your list? Having me having said all of that,
1: see, I thought about going with Last of Us, but I, I was trying to find uh, kind of not so obvious. I mean, I know it was obvious with Uncharted 2, but um, I was uh, everybody knew I was probably going to go with that one. But well,
0: I mean, the thing is, the thing about Sony is their portfolio of first party games is so strong that it's it's kind of hard to pick out three that are just above the rest. But I think that there are pivotal games in Sony's history that have allowed them to get to the point that they are. So, I mean, that's just kind of the way uh, that I went with my. I, I agree with that. Levi, is Tricky still a host and T-Dub personality, or is he tr- uh, transitioned strictly to the manager- managerial side? He's still a host. Um, Tricky, Tricky has had a lot going on recently, which I'm sure he will probably explain when he comes back. Um, it may seem like Tricky is gone quite frequently. And, and honestly, I've had my frustrations as well with Tricky not being on the show as much as he could. A lot of it is due to personal things. So we understand. Um, but I do think the show is better with Tricky around. Like, I think that the show is at its best when we have, you know, the three of us all together, you know, and sometimes even better than that with guests that we have on the show. But I think that having you, me and Tricky all on and having that banter between us, I, I just think it makes the show better. So... Uh, I definitely, anytime I'm irritated that Tricky is not on the show, it's just simply because I think the show could be better with his input and his conversation, because he definitely does bring things to the table that, to a conversation that I definitely think that Yield and I could not, Um, not necessarily his devil's advocate plays, because I I do not always appreciate those, but you know, just the input that he has as far as like tech and just the games he plays, so I think he is an integral part of the show, so any of my frustration in regards to that comes from the fact that the show is just better when all three of us are together.
1: And if he was on the managerial side, he can't sit on the sidelines.
0: He's tried that. Before. Oh well, Tricky all he, old, he work well. he's the the one who does all the website work. I don't have the know how to do that, so Tricky definitely handles the website work.
1: Well, yeah, but I, I meant as in if he was taking a managerial side, it, he would eventually come back because he, he he can't stay
0: away. Oh, he would have so many opinions to to blast about on the show that he couldn't just he couldn't contain himself. He couldn't contain them all. Yes, and all his trolling to Facebook. He would spontaneously combust. He needs a national platform to uh, bandy about his sometimes ridiculous opinions. Levi asks, "Do you guys remember when a controller was called a paddle?" Yes, Uh, not specifically, but it's not something that's completely foreign to me. So I don't think I ever called him a paddle, though.
1: I, I don't. I didn't either. Because I mean, my first real console was the NES, but I do remember the Atari paddles.
0: Levi also follows up with. Mark Duplex must be asleep, so I'm going to have to ask a good question about his gameplay in his absence. What was your favorite retro sports game, and which team did you favor? On the Nintendo 64, I, everyone knows I'm not big into sports games, but on the Nintendo 64, I played NFL Quarterback Club 1998
1: that had Brett Favre on. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah,
0: Brett Favre on the cover. Uh, In history, will not go down as the best sports game or football game, obviously because of technical limitations, but it was fun as hell. At the time, and you could put input cheat codes to make your, you know, your character go fast as hell. And so, like my stepbrother and I would play a game where we would run up and down the field. We would run up the field, not score a touchdown, come back, run around the team, and make them look fo- like fools, like Barry Sanders used to do the Green Bay Packers and pretty much everybody in the NFL. Then run back up towards our, our touchdown, not not score, come back, and just do that over and over again, and see how how far we could go or how long we could go without the other team tackling us. Uh, but I think that. Of all the sports games I've played, the premier one has to be NFL 2K for the Dreamcast because that was such like a landmark game for me. And when it came to like the new generation of football games, it was so much fun just throwing those streaks to Randy Moss and scoring every single time. So in NFL quarterback club, I went with the Green Bay Packers. And you know, Green Bay Packers, are if I had to pick an NFL team, it'd be them. But I played a lot with Randy Moss and the Minnesota Vikings on NFL 2K simply because Randy Moss was that damn good.
1: Um, So I would say the Quarterback Club as well. Um, I would also like to throw out uh, Tecmo Super Bowl and Blades of Steel.
0: Yeah, and somehow I forgot all the midway, like, arcade style games, like NFL Blitz, NHL Hits, MLB Slugfest. Didn't get really into the MLB Red card, but Slugfest, Hits, and Blitz were a ton of fun. So I also enjoyed playing those as well for the the arcade-style lovers out there. Gareth wraps us up and asks... Aside from gaming, what are three hob- your three favorite hobby other hobbies? Levi says hunting, forging, nature. I, had, I I was trying to think of this, and I don't know if I have three hobbies outside of video games because I was going to say like collecting, but I'm not currently really collecting anything. So like outside of you know collecting you know Pokemon and games and collecting trophies on the PlayStation Network. So I do like collecting stuff, but I don't really have a physical thing that I'm collecting right now. Uh, To kind of piggyback off of Levi nature, I do like going out for walks. You know, Going out for walks with Athena, Ashley and I, uh, we have a park close by, like a really nice park in Louisville, so uh, I enjoy going out for walks in the park. And, you know, hiking in general, I do enjoy hiking. Uh, Current, you know, I do enjoy now, especially with the pandemic last year and everyone kind of being relegated to their homes for most of the time, we did kind of get way more into Halloween, so I'd say like around Halloween time, like, kind of a hobby of decorating for Halloween. We had a big setup last year in our yard, which included a little Santa Santa Claus in a, in a cage hanging from a tree. And um, we had Oogie Boogie, an inflatable Oogie Boogie behind him. So it's like Oogie Boogie had captured Santa Claus in there, which is something kind of fun we did. So, yeah, I would say, you know, I like going out and enjoying nature, you know, hiking, walking, getting some fresh air. I enjoy, you know, decorating for Halloween. I can't really think of a third one, Yield. Uh, swimming. I do like swimming. So uh, I guess we'll do, we'll say there you go. So, um,
1: really gaming is the only hobby I got right now. I like to watch football. So I guess you could say that I like watching football in the fall. Um, you used to play softball several years ago, but kind of got out of that as, as you get older or you leave in a, a place of employment that was doing it. So, um, I like hanging out with my friends you know, whether we're playing video games or we're watching silly stuff on TV. Um, um, I did like going to the movies. I haven't been back to the movies since they've been opened back up. But that was kind of something I liked to do was was to go catch, you know, one of the movies I was really looking forward to. Um, I love Star Wars. I guess you'd call that a hobby. get, get like you some Lego, you stuff. can build
0: some Lego Star Wars.
1: You know... I, I am jealous of of Tricky's Lego purchase. I've always wanted one that big, but I've never had anywhere to... Because, see, if I buy something like that, I'm going to put it together, and I'm going to set it up on the shelf and go, look at it, don't touch. But I don't have anywhere to put something that big to go, look at it, don't touch. So I never bought anything. But that would be freaking amazing.
0: Well, we actually looked up how much Tricky paid for that because I bought Ashley a, a Lego version of Millennium Falcon 2 for her birthday. It was not the one that Tricky got. Tricky, we looked it up and it goes for around 800 or more. Um, yeah. From some places, which to me is just way too much to play for a Lego set. I mean, if you were retired and you had a ton of money, then maybe but I don't know. Like, That's a lot of money for a Lego set.
1: Yeah. For a Lego set. But hey, at least he got the Falcon. Yeah.
0: Also, I do want to say that, to add to our, our current discussion, uh, we all like dying on hills. Each one of us likes to die on our own different hills. Yes. So I think that's a hobby that all of us are guilty of. But yeah, uh, that, that is going to... Let, let's wrap this thing, Yield. Let's get out of here on this this Sunday night in autumn and uh, do some shout-outs. Let's do it. You You first, sir.
1: Okay, so give a shout-out to... Rocket League Thursday crew of Homer Get Stuffed, Alex and Nitro. Um shout out to Alex for recording tonight. Shout out to everybody in the Facebook group who gave us questions this week. Um shout out to Ellie Bear 83, that was my boosting partner for my Brutal Legend uh online trophies. So now it's on to single player. Um Twerp you. To Glitchy Trophies, because I was so looking forward to getting the Baja Platinum because it looked doable, even though that it's a 0.1% Platinum, and now I understand why it's a 0.1% Platinum. I think that'll do it for me, right now.
0: I want to give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is trophy whores. Thank you all for continuing to support the show, listening, commenting the community, posting stuff. We appreciate you guys so very much. Give a shout-out to Joe, Homer, Corey, Levi, and Gareth for all their questions tonight. Give a shout-out to Yield for recording. Shout-out also to Tricky, who could not be here, obviously. Uh, For personal reasons, like we said, I'm sure he will expound upon that. Or, you know, you don't have to, Tricky, if you don't want to. But Tricky's usually pretty open and honest about whatever's going on. So a shout-out to him as well, even though he couldn't be here tonight. Shout-out to Fist, Fortune, Shadow Torch, and the people that brought that game to light developer T games or TI games and then publisher Billy Billy awesome game love playing it like I said wrapping it up getting close to wrapping it up here but uh kudos to them because I I, I based on this game I can't wait to see wait to see what they do next so I am looking forward to the ne- to their next project Last but not least give a shout out to my awesome and loving girlfriend Ashley I love you honey we will someday build that Millennium Falcon. She asked me to help her build the Millennium Falcon, and I I definitely want to do that together, so we can, uh, I think we want to start, because she's got some Harry Potter Lego sets, so hopefully, over time, we will recruit more Legos, and she can display all them very proudly. Um, But I was glad I could get that for her for her birthday, and uh, yeah, I love you, honey. If there is nothing else, thank you, as always, for listening. This has been episode 496 of the show. Again, crawling... Crawling. Well, I guess at this point we're running towards episode 500, headfirst, running headfirst towards that that milestone accomplishment. Thank you all for joining us and being a part of it. Until next week, happy trivia!
1: See you next week.
0: Save your last words, then- Thanks for sticking with us to the end of another episode of Trophy Whores. Before we get out of here, you know how we got to do. We got to clean this shit up with some housekeeping. I want to give you guys ways that you all can interact with us. We love interacting with you all, so we do like to do that as much as possible. Best way for you all to do that is to go on our Facebook page, uh, Trophy Whores, and just interact with us there. Post memes, post stories you want us to talk about, ask us questions, ask questions of the community, share your latest platinum trophy, whatever you want to do. However you want to share, just go on to Facebook. It's, it's probably the thing that we check the most, and we often talk about that stuff on the show. If email is your thing, you can always email us at trophyhors at provengamer.com. And if you're into Twitch, like we mentioned on the show, we do Rocket League Thursdays every night at 7. You can go to twitch.tv slash provengamer to uh, join us every Thursday for Rocket League and just whenever Tricky decides to stream, and you know if Yield decides to do anything like Wreckfest in the future or anything like that. If you want to support the show or Proven Gamer on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash proven gamer. And there are a number of different tiers there, the tricky setup that you can choose to support us at. But again, financial support is not necessary. We love you guys. And however you guys choose to support us, I mean you're supporting us just by listening to the show. And even if you can just give us a rec- give a recommendation to somebody, somebody you know, somebody you love, be like, hey, I know you like video games. How about you go listen to this awesome podcast, Trophy Horse? We would greatly appreciate. Word of mouth is Fantastic! It's it's the best kind of advertising we can ask for. Last but not least, Amazon.com. It's one of our main sponsors. And how can you help us out with this? Well, it's easy. Amazon.com is a it makes shopping online and shopping in general just so much easier. So we know that if, from time to time, regardless of how you feel about Amazon, you probably buy something from Amazon.com. Before going to the website, go to provengamer.com There is a link to Amazon on the homepage. It'll take you straight to Amazon.com so you can resume your shopping. It's one little extra step, but it does help us out tremendously, so we would greatly appreciate it if you would do that for us. Well, that is going to be the end of the housekeeping for episode 477. Again, thank you all for making it to the end of the show. It was a long show, but we hope that you enjoyed all the banter and all the Donnie babble on this episode. So excited to have Donnie back on. Until next week, go get some fucking trophies. Preferably in Spirit of the North. Because it's really good.